I'm Melissa Mitchell, and this is the Wonderment Warrior Podcast, the show where you will learn how to build a sustainable online business, become the successful business warrior you were meant to be, and have a little fun along the way. Each week, I'll be sharing actionable strategies as well as inspiring interviews to help you grow in your marketing and branding. Now, let's get started. Welcome. Um, I'm going to say good morning because it's morning where I am still, but um, I am so glad to be here, Melissa. Thank you for having me to chat with you guys about email marketing because I could talk about this stuff all day long. So first, let me introduce myself. My name is Lindley Hips, and I am a copywriter and a course creation specialist. I have a very long and varied background in both writing. I was an English teacher. I won't correct your grammar, don't worry. At least I'll do it in my head, I won't say anything about it. Um, I've been an instructional designer, I've been all kinds of stuff. And about two years ago, actually two years ago this month, I actually started my own business, uh, initially doing social media, and then I realized I hated social media. So I moved into copywriting, and that's all she wrote. So thank you so much for allowing me to be here to talk to you guys about email marketing. So one of the big questions that I get from clients, and I, I, had, I have clients who have a, are in a lot of different states of email marketing. Some have no email list. Some have an email list, but they're not doing anything with it. Some are emailing their list sporadically, but there's no strategy. There's no real thought behind it. It's kind of like, oh, I should probably email my list and they, you know, jot something down and send it out. And then I have a couple of clients who are really dialed in on their email strategy and it is part of their overall marketing strategy. All of their emails have a purpose and a goal and all of that stuff. So it kind of runs the gamut. So if you are concerned that you are behind with email marketing or anything like that, don't be. What I want to talk about today is really the four steps of starting an email list. Now, if you already have an email list, you can tune this first part out. But if you don't have an email list, the reason that email can be so effective is because 85% of adult Americans have email. I mean, my dad has email. And he doesn't do anything on the computer or on his pad, as he calls his iPad. Email has a much higher adoption rate, even than social media. So email is one of those things that is just ubiquitous. Everybody has it. My eight-year-old has an email address. She's not allowed to use it, but she has one. And email is such an important and, and powerful way for you to develop a relationship with your customers. Now, some people are not so into the relationship thing. I personally think relationship is one of the most important things that we can do in our business, especially when we are solopreneurs, we are small businesses, we are pretty much our business, right? It's those relationships that's going to keep people coming back to us. And I've seen that in my business. I've seen it in plenty of other businesses. Because you know how it is, if you're treated, if you have bad customer service, or if you're treated poorly by a business, whether that be a local business, an online business, a big company, yeah, you don't want to do business with them anymore, right? And so relationship is so important. And email is a wonderful way to develop that relationship. 
really email is the last bastion of communication that we still have control over as both as consumers and as marketers. And if you were a business owner, you were a marketer. Don't forget that. So as a consumer, if you think about like my Gmail account, right? I decide which emails I want to see. I can say, you know, this needs to go to spam. I want this to go to my promotions folder. This needs to always come to my inbox, right? So I dictate what I want to see and what I don't. As a marketer, I know that if I send an email, it is at least getting into the hands of the recipient, right? Now, whether it goes in their inbox or promotions folder, that varies based on me as the consumer, right? And of course, reading them is a different story, which you don't have a lot of control over either. But think about the difference between this mindset and social media, right? So if you post on social media, just a general post on your business page, how's the reach? Who, who's going to see it? Do you have a, actually like a, a a dependable way to ensure that your followers are going to see your posts on your Facebook page? You don't, right? We know that Facebook page reach is very low because what Facebook has figured out is they say, you know, people come to Facebook to interact. They come to participate in groups. They come to enjoy themselves. They don't want to be hassled with a bunch of promotional posts from businesses. So they drop the reach of the business pages. Let me give you an example. I have a client. He has about 15,000 followers on, her, on his Facebook page, which is really impressive. I do not have that many followers on my Facebook page. He did a video post, just a Facebook, I think it was a recorded video. It wasn't a live video. He did a Facebook post and then he boosted that post to his page followers, to the people who actually followed his page and he put money behind it. And he still only reached just under a thousand people out of those 15,000. So the algorithm is just, just does not favor Facebook page posts. I mean, even if you're a personal page and you're posting on your personal profile, you're still not guaranteed to get in front of the people that are your friends with, right? We miss a whole lot of stuff in our newsfeed because Facebook has control of the algorithm, right? So with email marketing, we have control. We own our email list. That is one of the most valuable pieces of our business. You know, for most companies, like if you think about when Facebook bought Instagram, Facebook didn't buy Instagram because they didn't know how to do what Instagram does. Obviously, because they've, you know, already tried to, they've already been implementing a lot of the Instagram features in Facebook, right? They bought Instagram for their customer base, for their email list. So our email lists are literally the value that our company brings to the table. So if somebody ever wanted to purchase your company, your email list is going to be a massive part of that, right? So one of the things that I get a lot of questions about is what exactly is email marketing? Because a lot of people will go, I need an email sequence. But then other people will say, well, like, why do I need a sequence? What does a sequence do? So there are really two arms 
to email marketing. There's email nurturing, which is your more long-term um, relationship building kind of content, right? It's the stuff that you send out every week. It's, you know, the email that you send when you have a new podcast or a new blog or a new video or something like that. And then email sequences are different. They are usually restricted to a certain number of emails, days, right? So they, are, uh, they have a start and an end. And they have a goal, a single goal, right? So you're, if, you're, if you're doing essentially what they call content marketing, right? Content marketing, which is your email marketing that is more for focused on nurture, right? And bringing value to your, to your potential customers or clients. That kind of email marketing is, ha, has a goal, but it's a less defined goal, right? You know, you want them to continue to follow you. You want them to open their, your emails and all of that stuff. And you want them to eventually decide to do business with you, right? But with an email sequence, it is a defined set of emails that has one goal in mind. So let me give you an example. Let's say that you have a lead magnet that you use to get people to opt into your list. We'll talk about that in a minute if you don't have one of those. When you have that lead magnet, you're gonna have to A, deliver that, that lead magnet, whatever it is, right? So when somebody opts into your list and they say, okay, I'm interested enough to give you my email address for this thing that you're gonna give me back, you've gotta at least deliver it to them. Nine times out of 10, we're gonna use email to deliver it. But if you stop there, you're really, missing an opportunity to do something even bigger, right? So an email sequence, such as like an onboarding sequence or a welcome sequence, is something that you can put in place to automatically run when somebody joins your email list. And that's gonna have a very specific purpose, which we'll talk about in a minute. You might have a launch sequence when you are preparing to launch a new product or a new customer, a new um, service, or, you know, a, a maybe a, you have an open cart for a particular uh, program that you only launch a couple of times a year. You might have a promotional sequence when you're hosting a webinar and you want to get people to sign up uh, or that kind of thing. So a sequence is going to have really a defined beginning and a defined end, and it's going to have one primary purpose. Email nurturing is usually a little bit more general. It's less defined, right? A lot of people try to email at least once a week. Some of us don't necessarily do that. <laughs> so sometimes it's harder to email once a week. Um, sometimes it, it, it might take you a few weeks. I'm going to open my, um, my Facebook real quick so I can see if we have any questions because I can't see it when I'm streaming live to Facebook. So, um, so our email our email nurturing our weekly or bi-weekly or monthly email is really more to keep in co your customer engaged and to keep you top of mind, right? Because right now your customer might not be ready for your, whatever it is you have, right? Your service or your, your product or anything that you're doing. They might not be ready right now, but what if they're ready next month or what if they're ready in six months? You don't want them to forget about you. And that's where email nurturing comes in. It keeps them engaged. It keeps you top of mind so that when they are ready, you're the first person they think of when they need to enroll in a coaching program or when they need to book a vacation, if you're a travel agent, that sort of thing, right? 
there are a lot of different ways to do email nurturing and everybody kind of has their own approach. Uh, if you've read the book Atomic Habits, uh, its author James Clear does a, a newsletter every week. It comes out on Thursday. And the fact that I know that it comes out on Thursday means that he's doing a really good job with being consistent in his emails coming out, right? So his newsletter, uh, he calls it like 321, and it's like three things that he's been researching or learning about this week, two stories and one quote or something like that. Like he has a very defined um, like plan for his content for his newsletters. There, he doesn't use, at least not that I've seen, he doesn't use sort of the, the story-based um, emails that you'll get from some people where they might... Um, they might tell you a story about like, I, I did one about a goose the other day and kind of tied it to, you know, my services or whatever, right? He doesn't do that. He sends out a newsletter every week on Thursday without fail. And I know what to expect, right? Amy Porterfield is one of the people that I follow most closely in digital marketing. I'm actually taking her digital course academy right now. And to her email list, she does a podcast every week without fail. And so every Thursday, again, Thursday, I get a notification in my email that Amy has a new podcast out. Now, I'm going to find out when I go to my podcast app too, but she sends me that email and I might click on that email and I might listen to it right then, right? Now, other people do more kind of general posts, observations, stories, like I was talking about, like my goose story. Sometimes they'll do, uh, a lot of people will do um, like how-to videos or sharing like valuable information. They'll share freebies, they'll share, you know, maybe a video that they've done on Facebook and they want to send people back to it, right? So your email nurturing can be a whole bunch of different things. The big key to it is that you do one of those things consistently and that your email list gets used to hearing from you. So email nurturing, that needs to be one of those things that we all need to be doing, right? I know, we don't all do it. It's hard. I'll be, I'll be very honest. It's hard for me to get an email out every single week. And I you know, teach this stuff and I do this stuff for my clients. The cobbler's children have no shoes, like they say. So if you are ready to build your email list, you're gonna need that email nurturing, but, but first you need a list, right? So the first thing that we want to do, if we wanna build an email list, is we want to give our subscribers something of value. Now, how that value comes is, can be a whole lot of different ways, right? But we wanna say, look, I'm asking you to give me your email address, which is a pretty valuable bit of information about you. So in exchange, I wanna give you something that's gonna help you move your business forward, right? So if I, like one of my lead magnets is um, uh, 15 questions that your audience is dying for you to ask them, right? I'm a copywriter, I talk a whole lot about audience and learning more about your audience and understanding your ideal customer avatar and all that. So one of my lead magnets is literally a list of 15 questions. And I also give a bunch of examples of those 15 questions. So it's not just a list of questions, but it is something that they can immediately put into place within their business. And as lead magnets go, that's what I like to give people, um, particularly if I'm just starting out, right? I want to build my email list by giving people value. 
Now you could do something like a PDF, you know, you can, it doesn't have to be fancy. You can design it, literally, you can design it in, design it in Google Docs, okay? It does not have to be fancy. I've seen lead magnets that are Google Docs, not even converted to a PDF, okay? It doesn't have to be fancy, but you could also do something like a video series. We're video marketing warriors, right? We love some video. Consider a, a video series where you train your um, your new email list subscriber on a particular thing, on a particular tactic or um, process or strategy or something like that, right? And that those emails can be your lead magnet. Some people, and this is a really interesting idea that I've never thought about. I heard Neil Patel talk about this on Amy Porterfield's podcast because <laughs> it's the only podcast I listen to regularly. And he said, your lead magnet can be your journey and you can use your nurturing, your nurture emails, right? To document the journey that you're going on. For example, my mentor, Rachel Peterson, about a year ago, maybe a year ago, she did a project, I guess you would say, an experiment called 60 Days to a Million Followers. And her journey to a million followers was really a lead magnet, right? It was a way to encourage people to get on her email list so they would follow her journey to a million followers, right? So it could even, not necessarily even be giving something that you give them immediately, but something that they are subscribing to that they will you know, get every week to learn more about your journey, right? I think that's such a cool idea. I don't know that my, my journey is all that interesting, but who knows? If you come up with a really cool idea to show, you know, maybe a, a month that you're going to do, you know, a live every day and, you know, show your follower count go up or your engagement go up or something like that. Some people will do webinars, um, free webinars, you know, encourage people to get on their email list and join their webinar. You'll see people um, uh, doing um, summits, like free summits to grow their email list, right? Another way that people grow email lists is, and you probably experienced this because I don't remember if Melissa does this in her group because it's been a while, <laughs> but people will ask for your email address when you join their group, right? And then they'll manually, usually, add your email address to their email service provider, active campaign, convert kit, whatever. And then you'll be able to kind of entice them to give you their email address because you're gonna give them some sort of value later. In the case of a group, right? The value isn't the group. The group is really the lead magnet, right? So first we want to entice our ideal customer with something they need, something they want. Maybe not some, maybe something that they don't know they need, <laughs> but we want to make sure that it's valuable because they're giving us a piece of personally identifiable information, right? And people tend to hold that very dear and rightly so. So we want to entice them. But we can't entice them if we don't have a way to capture their information, right? So nine times out of 10, your, your method for capturing your uh, subscribers information is going to be something like an opt-in form, right? So you're gonna have like a form in ClickFunnels or a form in like ActiveCampaign, maybe on your website, a pop-up box, you know, that comes up that says, download my free lead magnet and you put in your email address. You might have um, 
Remember when we used to go to like in-person events way back when? And you'll see this in some like local stores too. Well, they'll, they're just have, they'll have a piece of paper, usually like a notebook or something like that. And you can sign up for their email list and you can just give them your email address. That actually works. <laughs> of course, it's all manual entry, which is not ideal, right? That's not super duper scalable, but for a local business, it works fine. Um, I have a friend who has experimented with, um, and very successfully experimented with text opt-ins. So, and I don't know exactly the service that she uses for this, but if y'all are interested, I can certainly let you know, I can find out. But she actually, when she's say in a, she does a lot of trainings and presentations to big groups. And she'll say, if you're interested in my lead magnet or getting on my email list, just text, you know, Melanie, which is her name, to one, two, three, four, five, and it will automatically add them to her email list, add them to her email list, and, and kick off the automation that's gonna send them that, e that email with the, the lead magnet in it, right? Pretty cool, because you know, actually going in and typing in your email address takes a few seconds, but sending a text takes even fewer seconds. So I think it's probably pretty, pretty handy. I haven't delved into that yet, but it's on my list. Other ways that you can capture information, like we talked about with groups, right? You can, you know, if you have a group, you can capture emails um, from your group questions that you ask when they uh, apply to, to join. Other ways you can do it is you can manually add people when they, say, request more information about your services, right? Um, I have a little form, and it's literally a tiny little form in ActiveCampaign that only I have access to, or I don't publish it anywhere. And it literally just has name, first name, and email. And anytime somebody sends me, say, a um, Facebook message and says, hey, I'm interested in learning more about your services, I go and put their information in that little form, I hit submit, and it automatically kicks off an email that sends them my information. So two things happen there. One, I don't have to go type them out in the email with all my information. It automatically sends it. But two, it gets them into my email service provider, right? And I tag them as a, as a potential lead, right? And then I can communicate with them later. Even if they don't, you know, contact me and book a call or whatever, I still have their information in my email service provider or in my CRM, depending on what you're using for, for email. So it's a really cool way to easily and consistently gather those leads in a way that is, is going to make it a lot easier for you. And it means fewer people sort of drop through the cracks when they contact you, you know, kind of randomly, like through Facebook Messenger or Instagram or whatever. So lots of different ways to capture your leads, even if you do it manually, even if they, you know, send you an email and you, you know, put your, put their information in manually, that works too. So we've enticed them with something. We've dangled that carrot, right? Something that they want, something that will bring them value. And we have captured their information in our lead capture process, whatever that is, even if it's like a, a manual list, right? Now we have to figure out how to deliver the thing to them. So the most common way to do this is an email. That's what we're talking about today, so of course. Nine times, I would say 99 times out of 100, you would want to deliver your lead magnet, your freebie, whatever it is, 
to them via email. Now, a lot of times you'll go through an opt-in process and the option to download or to watch the video or whatever will be on the thank you page, right? Very common to see that. And some people will leave it at that. I always send an email too, because if I navigate off that thank you page, it's gone. I'll never find it again, probably. But if I send it to you via email, if you don't have time to watch that video right then, or if you're you know, on your phone and you don't wanna download the lead magnet to your phone right then, I send it in an email so they always have it later. So that's one of my biggest recommendations for delivery of a lead magnet, whether you give it to them on a, you know, on a thank you page or a confirmation page, or you just deliver it via email, make sure that you're always giving it to them via email. So they always have it to go back to. I have downloaded emails. I mean, I downloaded lead magnets literally that I use over and over and I forget where I download them to. And so I just go search my email for them and there they are because I have them in email. I know it's not very efficient. I could probably use some help organizing my Google Drive. I'll get on that. So we're delivering the email, right? And so you need to have some sort of delivery mechanism. And usually that is an email service provider of some sort. Now, technically, if you're just starting out, you could do this process manually. You could capture those leads somehow in one of the ways that we've talked about. And you could manually email them, you know, your, your freebie, a link to your freebie. Is that very efficient? No, but you could. There are some free email service providers out there. A lot of people use MailChimp. I'll be very honest. I don't like MailChimp. I think you get what you pay for. And when you get something for free, there are consequences. I don't think it's easy to use. Um, some people love it, which is totally fine. Then use it. If that's what you're using, great. It's not my favorite. Active campaign is my favorite. And it's what I use. It's what the vast majority of my clients use. It's what I recommend to my clients when they come to me asking. Uh, and it's very robust. It can do a whole lot. Now, if you're just starting out with your email list, you don't need robust, right? Other um, email service providers that I deal with um, a lot of people like um, uh, MailerLite, which I believe is free, like up until the first thousand people on your list or something like that. Um, Flowdesk is a really popular one. It makes beautiful emails, but it's not super um, robust in terms of automations and tagging and that kind of stuff. But I think they're working on that. Again, I love ActiveCampaign. Um, I pay because my list is not massive. I think I pay I pay $9 a month, but if but if I you know buy it at, at a yearly rate, so it ends up being like $108 for the year um, with for full functionality, um, which is awesome. So it ends up being like $9 a month. Um, and other ones, some people use ConvertKit, some people use Constant Contact. Um, I keep seeing SendBlue now, which I've never had an experience with, but I've been seeing it a lot lately. Um, Drip is another one. Anyway, lots of different options. If you're interested in um, ActiveCampaign, let me know because I've got an affiliate link. <laughs> um, and then there are, again, there are manual ways to do it. And then there are these automated ways to do it. You at least want to get to, to get, use an, a process 
that will capture your email address, their email address, and put it into a single place for you, right? So don't make, don't leave this all to, you know, uh, to your email inbox, right? So at the very least, capture all of these emails in, um, you know, Excel or Google Sheets or something. So you at least have them all in one place if you're going to do it manually. Don't do it manually. That's, that's a terrible, terrible burden once you get more than about 10 people on your list. You're going to need something that is going to automatically kick off that delivery email. And then maybe if you can set it up in your email, that's fine. I'm not that smart. Um, the other thing, though, is that, you know, we talk about delivery of the lead magnet. But like I mentioned earlier, we don't want to be like, here you go, see you later, right? So we want to make sure that we deliver it, but there's more to it than that. Like we don't want to miss the opportunity to nurture those brand new contacts, right? So let's say that we want them to learn more about us. And this is usually what I do with a nurture sequence. My nurture sequence usually goes like this. Email number one delivers the email. Duh, right? And it might also introduce me. I think it does. It gives, it introduces me a little bit, right? Hey, I'm Lindley. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoy your, um, you know, your 15 questions that your audience is dying to ask you. And then what I do, and there are different ways you can do this, is once I've delivered the email, I put them into a sequence that is what I call my welcome sequence. And the nice thing about this is, is that I have multiple lead magnets, right? And I deliver those lead magnets within those, e within those um, sequences, right? But then I dump everybody, that sounds bad. And then I funnel everybody into my, my single welcome sequence. So you don't have to have a welcome sequence that's different for every single lead magnet. That would be a lot. You don't have to do that. So I, I funnel all of my lead magnets into my welcome sequence. And in that welcome sequence, first I introduce myself in the first email. And I'll usually tell a little bit about my business or, you know, something like that. I think I talk about, I talk about my business and then I leave an open-ended question or kind of a, what we're, it's kind of a soap opera question if you think about it that way. I leave an open communication loop and I say something like, What's the biggest misconception that people have about X, Y, or Z, right? Whatever it is you do. And what that does is that it makes people want to know more, right? Again, you're dangling that carrot and they need to, they need to, to get the carrot. They want to capture the carrot. And that's going to keep them coming back for email number two, which I usually do the next day. Email number two, usually usually what I do is I, I bust some kind of myth or I, I, I tackle some sort of objection that they have. For me, it might be, you know, what are the reasons that people don't want to use a copywriter? I can write, I can write on my own stuff. No big deal. Right. And why is it important that you hire a copywriter or why might you want to hire a copywriter? That sort of thing. Email number three, I usually use as a way to deliver more value. So this isn't like giving them the lead magnet again. It's giving them something else. Now, usually this is something that I've already created. So I'm not giving them like extra stuff um, or I'm not creating things for this particular email. It'll be a link to a blog article that I've written that I think will be helpful to them or a video or something like that, right? Still nurture kind of content, but I'm providing value 
early in the relationship, right? So I've already given them this lead magnet, but now I'm giving value with no expectation of return. Um, so that's pretty awesome as a consumer, right? You're like, oh, wow, thank you so much. That's so cool. In my fourth email, I usually will share some client wins, some testimonials, some social proof, that kind of stuff, right? Um, which is always kind of fun. And I usually try to wrap it up in a story because I think stories are a, a really good way to deliver that kind of information without feeling like you're bragging, you know, because <laughs> that's always kind of awkward with a testimonial. And then email number five is where I will invite them to take the next step towards me, right? So it might be offering them to, um, uh, to uh, purchase my tripwire or offering them to book a call with me or, you know, offering for them to uh, have a trial into my membership program or, or whatever it is, one step towards you. It's probably not going to be to invest in your $15,000 program, right? Probably not. That's going to be a big leap from free to 15K. Not as big of a leap from free to $27 or to a free webinar that you then sell that $15,000 um, uh, package on the, on, on the webinar, right? So there are a lot of different ways that you can do that, but that's kind of the, 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 the flow that I usually use for me and for my clients. Everybody's a little bit different. But the thing that I want you to remember is you have a nurture sequence and that sequence has a point, right? A goal. And usually that goal is going to be for them to take that next step closer to you. Are you always going to hit that goal? Nah, you're not. Your conversion rate's probably going to be like, you know, three to five percent, right? That's what it usually is. But for everybody that takes that next step towards you, you're building even more of that relationship, right? The other thing to remember is that once this sequence is over, that's not the last time they're ever going to hear from you. Because once you have put them that once they have finished this welcome sequence, that's when I put them into my main list that gets all of my weekly emails, right? So once they have finished the sequence, now they are going into my long-term nurture process, right? Where I'm sending them stuff kind of, you know, every week, hopefully. Sometimes it's every other week. So I'm still staying top of mind. I'm still staying engaged. I'm still asking them questions and, and giving them value, right? But I'm doing so on a week more on a weekly basis as opposed to like in a nurture sequence where it's kind of, you know, every day for five days. So when you're planning out your email marketing, I want you to think about really those two different arms, right? So you've got your email nurture, which is that long-term nurture where you're giving them value and sharing information and all of that stuff. And that's something that you're going to do every week or every other week. The, be the best thing to do is just to figure out when you, how consistent you can be and just be consistent. And then you've got your sequences. You're going to have a lot of different sequences in your business, in your, um, within your email marketing. But those sequences are going to have usually a defined beginning and end, and it's going to have some sort of goal. And it might be, you know, to, if you're in a launch sequence, to get them to sign up for your program. If you're in a promotional sequence, to get them to, you know, buy your, your uh, low ticket product or sign up for your webinar or whatever. So I get a lot of questions because people don't understand that there are two different sort of like arms, right? Those two different kinds of email marketing. So if you're sitting here thinking, I cannot send an email every week, 
Okay, fine. But can you put together a sequence of five emails to welcome somebody to your email list? That pretty, you can do that. You know, you can write those in an afternoon, right? Probably less than that. You can probably find templates all over the internet for people who, who um, share a welcome sequence templates. Hmm, it's not a bad idea. Maybe I should do that as a, uh, as a lead magnet. I like that idea. So don't get overwhelmed. Email marketing doesn't have to be complicated. It just needs to be consistent. With your long-term nurture, you need to be consistent. With your sequences, you need to focus on a goal and don't be scattered all over the place. Focused on one goal. I really believe in email marketing. I think it is one of the best ways for us to build those relationships with our customers because we have control, right? We know what's going on. We know if someone has opened our emails, we know if someone has clicked through our emails and it allows us to track that customer journey so much more clearly than we can on social media, right? So if you're not doing email marketing, don't worry. It's not hard to get started. If you have questions, if you need recommendations, if you need a little handholding, tag me in the group. I'm happy to help however I can, okay? Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss out on future episodes. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, screenshot it, share it on your social, and tag me at Wanderman Creative. I absolutely love seeing your guys' favorite takeaways from each episode. Finally, it would mean the world to me if you left me a five-star review. The more reviews I can get, the more people I can reach with this free content and help them scale their business. I hope you all have an amazing day, and I'll catch you next time.